by my bed Folded hands and tilted head I thank the Lord for my water and my bread Thankful to be a part of God's flock of chosen sheep Waking from my slumber while the world is still asleep Freedom loving Patriotic, deplorable bum I reside in the States But Scotland is where I'm from Sometimes I feel defeated But we will always stand tall Fighting with my family We go on, we go on We make Our Bibles and talks of bread and wine Indoctrinate our children Throw the world into decline We're the people need to stand Firm and understand Without liberty and freedom All we have is dirt and land Holding the sword high We'll stand firmly through the pain I have lost is what the wisdom I have gained. If you find me on my knees, it's not because I'm defeated. It was my prayer before the war, the only weapon I needed. We Good evening, family. How's everybody doing today? I'm so slow and sloppy at typing. That's right. Mary, you are my sister, double S. Guys, I hope you had an absolutely beautiful weekend. I did. It was a nice day here again today. 
going to be warming up to like 78 to Thursday or Wednesday, which is weird, but then back down into the cold weather that I absolutely love. Guys, this is Kilted Christian episode 479. This one's titled Lessons of Christ. And then in a little bit after uh, Vineyard Prayer, Jay Wu will be joining us as well. So we can do a little bit of praying um, at the end of this for a little special person, brother that we love and uh, we miss and got to pray, got to pray for one another. Guys, once again, Kilted Christian episode 479, Lessons of Christ. Let's get to it. We are many nations around the world, comprised of many cultures, but we stand together in a battle between good and evil. We're the seekers of wisdom, the bringers of truth, the hands of heaven, and the voices of reason. As the world tries to divide us by our differences, we only grow stronger as we are bound together as the children of God. Hello, everybody that just got in here, did not get a chance to say hello to Terry and company, Terry Lynn, Robin, Recovering RN, and all the rest of you who are popping in here that I did not get to say hello to. Thank you for joining us this evening. God bless. We love you, and we love spending this time with you. Go ahead and say hello to the guest that we have here now, who's always here, so she's really not a guest, much a co-host. Livin, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a beautiful day here in Kentucky. Um, we got to go out and enjoy the weather, get a few things for our t- chickens that are going to arrive here shortly. We got some hay and some food. So no, some straw. I'm sorry, and, and, and straw. I learned that there's a difference today. Oh, see, I know. Well, you didn't tell me that. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I said, hey, can I get some hay? And she goes, we've got straw. straw. And I'm like, I will take it. Yeah, so we're preparing for that tomorrow. So we'll get it. We'll get it all set up and find some stuff for our feeding them. So yeah, and it's gonna be interesting. Any of you chicken owners, yeah, Steve Cusick, that have any advice that you want to give to us as first time chicken, chicken. owners, yeah, um, winterizing chickens. Um, we're gonna, you know, what do we need to do exactly? We, we can go on YouTube, but you know, I just prefer to hear from you guys and. Uh, we're going to be getting some uh, little water feeders and yes. uh, little little feeding feeders. nest and stuff like that. So we're getting everything all set up. Um, I really need to stop watching videos on healing coos oh, yeah. because I can't afford a finch yet. <laughs> hey, but it'll come sooner or later. Yeah, exactly. We'll get a little one or something where we don't have to, you know, fence the whole acre and a half or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sierra Poodle, great to see you in here as well. So, um, everybody, we, uh, I'm going to be praying for this as well. You know, I just ask that you keep my father in his, in your prayers, please. He's, um, as you know, he's got Louis body dementia and, uh, going downhill, um, pretty fast. He's, um, having memory issues. Um, obviously, uh, he's my niece, he's calling Beth, which is my sister. Um, you know, he, he says things that he doesn't know what he's saying often and you know losing control of certain aspects of his body as well so he's going downhill apparently stage two is the longest stage so i'm just thankful that he's still here in this part right you know um being able to still have somewhat conversations um i've gotten pretty good at, at talking to my father um because i've been through this before with grandparents and so forth so i i know what we're walking into you know even with my mother and her memory right now um, and I'm good at not talking about the past because past is what you forget. And I focus on the future. And if my father starts steering one way, I just move into a conversation that I know he loves to talk about no matter what frame of mind he's in. That's Scotland. So, mm-hmm. you know, we conversation about that and so forth. So yeah. uh, I tell you guys, um, a lot of people are going through some very rough times. And um, 
We're going to be praying for a special brother here at the end of the show. I've got Jay Wu coming on with this in a little bit once he's done with this little prayer session. Um, then we're going to be meeting up tomorrow and getting everything set up to where Jay Wu can get his um, podcast going as well. And I'm just so excited to be part of everyone's podcast. I love the fact, mm -hmm. I love when people call me and go, hey, I need some advice. Can you help me get this set up? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I'm on call. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, I love being part of it. Um you know, like I said, it's not everybody got the, the chance to go to school for this. And I think it's awesome that God's given me this to be able to not just work on my own stuff, but to help other people. Because this is what it's all about, being a Christian, being just a good person. You know, it's about helping other people, doing what you can for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I absolutely, I just, I, I'm just uh, floored at the opportunity to be able to help this. And especially because it furthers our um, family and, and all the people that are stepping up and doing their different things in this world right now for God. One's got a mission. Sometimes you never expect it. I bet you, if you asked Jay Wu, did you ever think you'd be doing a radio show at some point? He would have been like, no, never would have thought about it. But like I said, I've seen Douglas and, and so many mm -hmm. other people, Flight Work Mary, and everyone's just doing such a phenomenal job. Nikki, um, and I just, I love that everyone is stepping up and doing what they can. And it doesn't have to be, you know, radio, obviously. This is just um, one of my things. But uh, everyone is on their mission. Everyone's stepping up, doing what they can. You've got the prayer warriors. You've got, you know, the people that are just good at posting and writing and putting that information out there. The ones that are, you know, leading the Christ. Like I said, is in, in some form or another, God is using the talents, you know, even baking. You know what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. like everything that's ever been blessed to you by God, a gift. You know, we're being able to use now in such um, great, wonderful ways. So it's going to be pretty awesome. But uh, so we're going to go over a little bit of news tonight. Mm -hmm. And then um, we're going to talk about a discussion about basically the, the lessons of Christ. But I'm going to go over the different types of lessons that Christ taught. Because I found this I found this article and I found it to be pretty interesting of all the different ways that Jesus would use in order to speak to people. Because like I said before, is that some people understand things differently than others and they need metaphor parables and, and all the different things that jesus did and he knew this and you know we can not only focus on the things that jesus outwardly taught us you know like hands-on healing and and the many many lessons of christ faith-based you know faith in general but also the ways that he would talk to specific individuals because he knew that that was the way they needed to hear. And that's one beautiful thing. It's a great example of the way we are is we could go back and learn, you know, the way that Jesus taught in those many different ways for people to understand, but also understand is that's why he uses so many of us out here because we all have a different way of speaking to different people because some people don't want to hear me. Mm -hmm. Some people don't want to hear Jeff. Some people don't want to hear Scott, you know what I'm saying? So there's so many different people out there with different ways of speaking, whether it be more hard, gentle, or whatever, so we can all step up and, and, and do our thing. And God always puts us in front of the right people, which is amazing. You know, I mean, not amazing. I mean, I guess it's, it, it's amazing to me of all the wonderful things that Christ taught us and all the wonderful things that he did, but it's just awesome to me every time to know that we're always in the right place at the right time. Yes, I agree with you 100% on that. Yeah, even even some of the terrible things that we, we look at as terrible, you know, we, we have a tendency to view down the road mm -hmm. as, you know, going, wow, wait a minute, I didn't see that when it I'm happened. <laughs> and, and then one day you wake up and you see it. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I was, and I'm glad I just I just remembered about this, but it was one thing that, that I was thinking. 
um, when we were talking about the difference between needs and wants the other night. Mm -hmm. And and I thought about, we were, I can't remember what, we were watching a movie or something, and, and this just came to me, and I turned to her, and I was like, remind me to say this on the show. The difference between needs and wants. If you ever have a question mm -hmm. between the difference in needs and wants, this is what I ask you to do. Look forward and picture an apocalyptic scenario, and then picture not being able to have anything and how much you appreciate the things that we absolutely take for granted now, like coming across a jar of peanut butter or a candy bar, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like little things like that. We, yeah. we get every day, we have it at our, our hand. We can go to the store and pick this stuff up. But when we don't have it, um, we really learn to appreciate those things, like absolutely. an egg or, or noodles or ramen noodles was actually what stuck in my head last night because <laughs> um, we were watching a movie. That's what it was. It was yes. a movie about an apocalyptic it was a terrible movie i'm not even going yeah. to suggest no, I mean, it yeah. um but but they were eating ramen noodles and it was like the greatest thing they had had they hadn't eaten in four days Gruber great devo exactly um but they were just so excited to be you know, eat these ramen noodles and today you know i remember in college i lived off of ramen noodles yeah, and, yeah. and other little things like that because it was affordable but in this scenario they really learned and loved and appreciate it was like the greatest gift they had received in a long time. And that's what I'm going to start doing is when I do start deciding, you know, what's the difference between what I want and what I need, look forward and picture yourself in a scenario where you don't have anything and what it would be like to come across something like, like still Pepsi. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, would you drink it? Yeah, you would drink it because you haven't had anything like remotely like that in two or three years. You know, it's the little things that make the biggest difference. Um, yeah, so exactly. I'm going to get off that because it was just, it, it excited me when I thought about that last night. Um, you know, like I said, because we do take a whole lot for granted. You know, we're just so used to having everything. We're, we're disposable people. You know what I'm saying? Like when we get tired of our small TV, we throw it away and get a bigger one. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, yes. we don't need a bigger TV. <laughs> you got don't. something that works. Yeah. I mean, this is the society that we live in and, you know, separating ourselves from the flesh, appreciating those little things goes a big long way. So I found this little, little meme. I found that it was a video meme that I found earlier. And I, I obviously I can't show it to you. It's a radio show, but it was pretty awesome. I always laugh because I, I don't know about you guys, but I hate time change. Yes. <laughs> I, I despise time change. Even when you get that extra hour, um, I just do not like time change. It throws everything off. I sat here for the last two hours thinking that the show was going to be another 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, yeah, we got two hours left. Yeah. Um, but I saw a meme that summed it up perfectly. It was it was a 459 guy standing outside of his car. It's daytime. He reaches towards the doorknob to open the car door. The clock flips to five o'clock and it's nighttime. <laughs> That's basically how it is. I think it got dark here about 530 tonight and it just throws me off. I mean, the the, the early morning thing throws you off. Yes. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And they keep saying that it, went, it went through Congress and it was yeah. supposed to be the last time. Mm -hmm. But I thought the last time was last time. And well, here we are again. When you're from a place that Arizona doesn't go back or <laughs> forward, and I tell you what, I love that. You don't go anywhere. You just stay on you stay on that lane and you don't be like, oh, I gotta go back up. Yeah. It's it's so strange to me because it's just throw I'm so off anyway right now that it's not funny, but well, I it's, hope they don't you came me. here yeah. to a three hour difference. Yes. She hasn't she's lived in a state with no time change. Yes. And now we get the time change. So now her daughters are only two hours behind instead of three hours behind. So it's messing with her way worse than just oh, messing with man. me. I'm texting my girls at like four in the morning. 
yeah four or five in the morning because we're so far i'm up at eight eight thirty you know and my girls are like hey mom we're sleeping yeah <laughs> so, yeah it's interesting though wasn't steve's like so happy to get the extra hours of sleep i guess i just said it the little things go yeah. a long way mm -hmm. so you know i guess yeah, that's the thing is um taking a, something that you don't like and finding something good see steve man you're an optimist man i love that he's like <laughs> i hate it but i like the extra hour of sleep yeah but then again come springtime you lose it yeah <laughs> what's better yeah is yeah. it better to lose it or to gain it i don't that know i'd rather question. just uh let them pick a time and stay <laughs> yeah no going back or forth would be perfect that would work for me and because go back you know to what? arizona time man created the flashlight so you know at nighttime you know i can still see we'll be all right um i found something really cool too that i saw earlier it was a uh, battery operated oven oh yeah and these battery yeah it that. supposedly doesn't require much uh electricity at all once it gets going somehow don't know how the technology works but they say these batteries last up to 10 years that's so, like as a camper man that's pretty awesome and they're super light too but i'm um, got this meme right here and it's so well said so diversity isn't your strength it lowers your wages, marginalizes your culture, increases your crime, fills your hospitals, occupies your housing, ruins your schools, consumes your taxes, tightens your laws, restricts your freedoms, endangers your children, and calls you racist. That's about right. I, yeah. think, I really don't think they miss they miss much. No. Um. Then I found this one right here. So this is uh, Sean Perez. So if you guys don't know who Sean Perez is. He's probably one of the greatest Trump impersonators ever. Oh yeah, yeah. His Trump impersonation is so dead on. But he brings up something pretty, you know, dead on as well. He goes, you think the, these groups protesting for the free Palestine have it within themselves to come up with identical slogans, printed signs, and uh, synchronous demonstrations by accident? This is all organized and funded by major left-wing organizations. It all starts and it ends with you-know-who, George <laughs> Soros. And it's not anti-Semitic to criticize a Nazi collaborator. Quite the opposite, actually. Well said, Sean. And uh, he's right. All of these protests that are going around, and I'm all about protesting. I have no problem with it. You keep it civil. You don't go messing with people. You don't go uh, killing old Jewish men with bullhorns, which happened in California, by the way. Um, and the guy's still on the loose. Yes. And, you know, if it was reversed, if it was a Jewish man that had killed a Palestinian person, this guy would already be in jail. So um, I have no problem with protests. Do it civilly. Do it without violence. Don't go destroying our property. But once again, we live in this two-tier justice system. So we had a lot of protests that went on around our country, um, all over our country this weekend, specifically one that took place in Washington. And they were destroying statues, painting all over everything, painted on the walls that led into the White House. I mean, it's just ridiculous because... You remember how hardcore they're still talking about January 6th, like it's the worst thing that ever happened in the entire world. And these people right here, nobody was arrested. Nobody's going to be held accountable for this. And it was literally exactly what they were accusing the conservative patriots about doing on January 6th. This needs to be fixed. And, um, you know, we, we discussed that they are going to be supposedly, supposedly releasing the footage from January 6th coming up soon. But as I've said before, where is less it? chatter, more splatter. Let's get some stuff done. Quit talking and start doing. Drop this stuff so that we can see it. Um, send it to the public so that you get a whole bunch of anons in there. Get 14 anons in there. That way, it's only a thousand hours a piece. <laughs> 
get, get yeah. 140 <laughs> and it's even less. Like, that's the thing. We've got a lot of people out here that are like myself mm-hmm. that are willing to sit down and watch a hundred hours if I have to and go through it bit by bit by bit and to determine so we can break this stuff out, not re-edit it, break yeah. it out so that people can see. Um, 65% of voters in America right now believe that our government, FBI, CIA, or some of those organizations were actually involved in instigating January 6th. And we all know this. We know it probably started with Pence and Pelosi. And uh, hopefully we get to the bottom of this at some point. These people get let out because they're going after all of the conservatives still for stupid stuff. They're going after people still for January 6th that weren't even on the Capitol um, steps, weren't in the Capitol building, um, and they're still being arrested and held accountable. And they did nothing but go there and protest. And last I read the Constitution, we 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 got the right to do that. Last time I read, that is our house paid for by our uh, tax dollars. Yeah. You know, we have the right to be there more, in my opinion, than the con- than the Congress and the Senate. So Absolutely. quit talking, Johnson, and the rest of you stupid GOP rhinos. Quit talking. Release this footage so we can get to the bottom of this. I'm getting so tired of this. This is just... But we're allowed to have all the, all the um, protests there just recently and no one got arrested. Not one person. You know, so... You know, what's good for them is not good for us, obviously. No. You know, would think we would have more control now with, with um, him in there. Yeah, what do you think? But that's the that's whole, that's the illusion, illusion of choice we always taught. They, yeah. They're like, hey, look at this new shiny object. Yeah. And it turns out to be nothing but uh, lead painted in gold. Mm-hmm. Um, so the libtards have finally got their civil war all over something that they have no clue about. May God help us all. And we've got this battle going on right now, splitting and dividing America, just another way. And we're actually not even just America, everywhere around the world. You've got freedom-loving, patriotic people all around this world. And you've got these people that are out there basically being paid and sent in by Soros and these other groups to go in and rabble-rouse and cause problems. And they're non-passive protesting that we're seeing right now. And it's ultimately going to end up causing some problems at some point because there's going to be some people that die that are killed. Um, it's going to escalate in some form to where we're either forced into some kind of a conflict or we feel the need to stand up. One example, if they throw Trump in jail for this BS that they're going through him in oh. court, there's going to be a point where people are like, that's it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, regardless how you feel about Trump, right now he's still a symbol of a, a of a, a still a citizen. Yeah. Um, first and foremost. And and what they're doing to him is unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. But he's also a symbol of possible freedom in this country. So if he was to be incarcerated and thrown in prison for what they're going after him when he's Trump charges, he's lame unconstitutional um court cases that they're holding right now with very corrupt judges, there will be a point where people had it because they're gonna be like, okay, look. There's nothing we can do. But we all know that we're not going to get out of this by any man. Jesus is the only thing that's going to get us out of this. You know, keep on praying, following your mission, do what you need to do. But it's going to be Jesus leading the people to stand up and do something because it's not going to be a broken system that's going to fix a broken system. Unfortunately, it's never going to happen. Well, I mean, the conversations that that, uh, the comments that that judge was making to him today were pretty, pretty bad. You know, and his lawyer, she lost it when she came out oh, and yeah. spoke to the, you know, the news stations and stuff. Well, I'm going to be playing a clip of her. Oh, and yeah. I'm also going to tell you some of the stuff that the judge said, which, I mean, mm-hmm. it, 
Oh, see, I, I mean, walked you right into it. Yeah. Ain't that I mean, a good it, co-host? If, if there's, if there's <laughs> any reason, if there's any reason whatsoever, yeah, you are. <laughs> I wasn't going there quite yet, but I, I'm I will sorry. go there now. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, there's any reason to get rid of or, you know, push off a mistrial. This is the reason right here. So first off, literally this idiot judge, um, comes out and he says, let me find this clip so I can see. Okay. He says, no, I'm not here to hear what president Trump has to say. This is judge Arthur Ingeron, whatever his name is, it's running this. No, I'm not here to hear what president Trump has to say. Well, you're a judge. That's exactly why you're there. You were there for no other reason than to listen to what these people have to say. This right here, this these words that came out of his mouth today mm -hmm. is enough for a mistrial. Yes. Um, the fact that the district attorney, who literally publicly ran election for the you know to get her position on going after Trump, you know what I'm saying? Like it sounds to me like she has an agenda. So there's multiple reasons that this needs to be a mistrial. But what came out of that judge's mouth today, definitely one of those reasons. Um, you know, so we have a. Uh, Happening now, it says, today we learned just how biased and corrupt Judge Endergron is as Trump took the stand. When the judge didn't like the answers, he snapped on Trump's and no speeches move along. Trump's team interjected saying that the questions were open-ended and required lengthy explanations. And you have your right to speak in court. You have the right to, you don't have to go up and onto the stand in most cases. Of course, they were forcing Trump to, but he has the right to answer these questions. And their questions were, they, they literally, the judge or the, the lawyer of Trump was like, listen, if you don't want these long answers, ask the right questions. But what they're doing is they're asking questions that are very open-ended. So Trump gives a very open-ended answer so we can cover every aspect of it. And like I said, the judge didn't like what he was saying. So he basically told Trump, no speeches, move along. So he wouldn't even allow him to defend himself in court, which is what court's all about. Remember, we are innocent until proven guilty but apparently as a conservative you are guilty until proven guilty so man messed up corrupt That's system very very corrupt that we're dealing with exactly so let me find that doesn't clip. he remind you of the guy from back on the future back to the future <laughs> kind of. no he does he reminds me of, yeah he does he, no, kind of. he's like a pedophile version of doc <laughs> exactly because he does like you know i, I don't I mean, pedophiles obviously look uh, different from one another, but if but you ever had a vision of what a pedophile pedophile looked like, it would look like this judge. Yeah, he's. Uh, In my opinion, I should. I'm going to end that with my opinion. opinion. Somebody can come after me for <laughs> defamation or anything yeah. like that. Be like, In my opinion, you yeah. look like a pedophile. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's the same I thing with, with police. Yeah. You, can, you can't call a police officer an asshole, but you can say, In my opinion, Yes. You're an asshole. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the little loophole. Well, used to be the loophole that back in an honest system. So Alina Abba goes savage in savage mode. Um, and this I'm gonna play this little clip for you real quick. So she was out there just going off on the judge today after the court. I think it was during recess. So listen to this. You have a right to hire a lawyer who can stand up and say something when they see something wrong. But I was told to sit down today. I was yelled at, and I've had a judge who is unhinged slamming a table. Let me be very clear. I don't tolerate that in my life. I'm not going to tolerate it here. And you know what? You shouldn't either. You have a...
Yeah. So good for her for coming good out. Good for um, her. Because she was given a gag order too. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. so I just, they're not going to tolerate this. And uh, sorry, dude, Jean, that you were BMS with the police. It's kind of where we are anymore. Literally 10 minutes ago. Well, I'm going to say it. In my opinion, that officer that was harassing you would be in an asshole. Oh, wow. I, mean, I think I've said that word more times on this show than I have in every show combined. Sorry, guys. Um, little riled up today because this world is going crazy and I will get to this more of the craziness here in a bit. So flashback, trans activists claimed that trans school shooter Audrey Hale was a victim of transphobia, but manifesto reveals that she was actually fueled by anti-white hate. So for those of you who do not know, you guys remember the trans shooter over in Nashville? Well, three pages of her man, just, just three pages, but nonetheless, three pages of this manifesto were released today. Um, no one's quite sure quite yet where, who released it, but it ended up getting in Steven Crowder, louder with Crowder's hands, and he exposed it and read it off today. And it was pretty hardcore. She literally calls people um, white crackers saying that she wants to go after and was excited about killing these Christian kids. I mean, it was very um, violent and she obviously knew what she was doing. Every part of the manifesto literally had timestamps of where she was, when she was doing what, what she had planned to do, even um, suggesting how long it would take before she died um, and how many people she would kill before this happened. So this came out today. How many, how long ago was this? Like six months? What? This is a long time ago that this, this incident took place. And we're just oh, now yeah. seeing Sorry. three pages of it. Just now seeing a little bit of this manifesto. So the question is, why did they hold the manifesto back? And I'll tell you why. We all know uh -huh. it didn't fit the narrative they were nope. trying to push, that this was about transphobia and she was just tired of being picked on, that she was literally uh, a racist bigot. And the funny thing is she was white and she hates white privilege. And it was just count. It was, I don't know, it was a big contradiction to everything that she was compared to what she was doing. Absolutely disgusting. But. Does it stop there? No, because the mayor has now come out and, and inquired and they're going to investigate who released these, not um, why wasn't it released sooner or why hasn't the world seen this yet? No, 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 no. He's going to go after the people that actually released this to the public. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I watched um, more spin because where do you, how do you spend something like this? When the manifesto comes out and you're looking at it and you're reading it and you're seeing everything that was coming out of her mind on the paper, um, you know, kind of showing everything that was going on. Then you've got these people out there, like one reporter out of Nashville today, obviously a Democrat paid um, sponsor who was coming out trying to twist this thing going, well, what you conservatives aren't talking about is that she also planned on doing this at a mall. And, um, well, I don't care because yeah. he's like, because it doesn't fit your narrative. Like, no, no, no. My narrative was spelled out quite well inside that manifesto. And it wasn't my narrative. It was hers. It was, wasn't a narrative. It was reality. This is what happened, but they're trying to spin it, spin it to make again. it look like we're trying to mm -hmm. gaslight and turn something into or nothing into something. So it, it's unbelievable. And then on top of that, you can go onto any, well, I would say any social media but maybe just Twitter or X because um, anything related to Facebook has banned this from being talked about. Mm -hmm. So anytime that it goes up, they immediately remove it or they say, you can't see this because it violates blah, 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 blah. Um, so, you know, you go on the telegram, you'll find it. You go on to X or Twitter and you'll find it, but anything like Instagram and all these other ones, 
they are banning it from going up. So why are they trying so hard? Because they don't want us to see the truth. They don't want, not us, we know the truth. Mm -hmm. They don't want the other people that originally bought into this narrative that the media was pushing, trying to blame it on, you know, radical right-wing conservatives from seeing this. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's crazy how far evil is willing to go, but hopefully it's exposing the evil too, except for the fact that Fox, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, or none of the other ones played or even remotely talked about this one time today. And we had, um, we generally don't sit down and watch like Fox all day long, but we had it on most of the day just because I wanted to see if they talked about it. Yes. Um, and they never did. And this is a huge story. This is gigantic. Not one word about it. So um, this is uh, from 1776 Susan Westerfield from Twitter. She says, yes, just in case you haven't noticed that bribery method is not working anymore. Democrats have abandoned their voter base and are filling the poor neighborhoods with unvetted illegals taking their free stuff. Well, that's not the word she used, but we'll say yeah. free or Shite. taking taking their free um, chocolate ice cream. Because <laughs> <Chocolate ice> <laughs> she has the emoji. Um, and they don't like it. Um, they are, man, I don't know what they're going to do. Democrats have lost every vote, every demographic. They're losing their vote. Um, there was a group of, what, six black people that were on the side of the road in the hood. Trump was driving by. I don't know if he was heading to a rally, if he was heading to a uh, um, court case or whatever, but they were waving him over. Trump literally had him stop his... Uh, stopped the convoy, hopped out, sat on the stoop with all these guys yeah. to take a photo with them um, and then thank them for their support and then left. Like he literally took that time. He's like, guys, I, I hate the rush, but I've got to get going to where I'm going. But I wanted to stop and say, hey, boy, these guys were happy as can be. Yeah, they were. But at the protest with the uh, Palestine protests that were going on, um, they were all out there cursing Biden. So, mm -hmm. so they're done with this as well. Um, you know, they, they're losing the, what to say, the Arab American vote. They've lost the African American vote. They're, they've lost the Mexican vote. They've um, lost, there are a lot of people right now that are not only, not only walking away from the Democrat party because of this, but many of them that are doing this voted for Biden. And now they're going to come out and support um, anyone else. So I'm, I'm hoping that I don't know. I hope they make the wise decision and don't go RFK because um, RFK is just a plant that yes. was put there to take votes away from Trump. Absolutely. And uh, like I said, the it's still out on Trump. But, you know, yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, rather than not voting, I would go out and vote and then pray, God, please direct Trump and let him lead like Jesus. That's my new favorite thing. <laughs> lead like Jesus. Lead like Jesus. Um. So, yeah, this has came out today on X is a uh, Google and Meta have banned sharing Stephen Crowder's release of the Nashville Transshooter Manifesto. Does anyone trust any other platform than X at this point? Well, I don't I don't trust X still no. at this point, but I certainly no. don't trust anything that Zuckerbuck owns. Um, so this is uh, I'm going to read you this real quick and then I'll what the reply is. This is from Tom Wren. So. Food Blogger reveals the shocking difference between ingredients in American and British food. We discussed this briefly last week. So um, Tom Wren says, this is one of the most important and underreported issues in America. And I completely agree. Big Pharma and Big Ag have joined forces um, and our corrupt FDA is allowing it. The mRNA and mod mRNA they are putting in our food is just the next step in allowing unsafe and improperly tested poisons in our food. And that's not including all the poison preservatives and everything like that. And I encourage you, you know, if you're ever over in um, 
if you're ever overseas, um, preferably in you know, England or Wales, Scotland, or anything like that, um, re, yeah, red dye 40, exactly recovering. Um, if you ever read the ingredients, oh, it's a way shorter list than what you read on our potato chip bags here and our candy bars and cereal and all this other stuff. They fill it with stuff that is just killing your body. And not that the Brits aren't trying to kill their people too, but America is going out of their way to kill everybody in any way they can. Like, I don't think there's anything healthy anymore. I mean, unless you grow it in your own yard, but then what do we have? Like what today we have loads of chemtrails all over the place today or everywhere. Oh gosh. They were everywhere today. Beautiful Kentucky skies this morning though. Yeah. And I'd imagine that you probably saw that in your neighborhood too. Mm Mm-hmm. Cause they just, they, they, it's amazing. Like we're in this little tiny place in Kentucky and they're coming after us. I'd imagine they're definitely going after the cities. No question. Um, next, uh, you know, within that trial, so Trump's Mar-a-Lago hotel value that they valued, um, as far as the court was concerned was 18 million for 20 acres. Okay. Meanwhile, in a neighboring property, 120 million for a two acre empty lot. So, Trump has got this absolutely beautiful place, Mar-a-Lago, on top of this um, 20 acres, and they're appraising it at $18 because they're, they're trying to make it seem like Trump was cheating everybody out for taxes and whatever. But if you just go on Zillow and you look at some of the other, um, you know, comparable things or even less, like in this case, a two-acre empty lot, $120 million, but Trump's entire establishment of Mar-a-Lago, yeah, just that's, $18 million. That's so sad. Um. One thing that really I just got a laugh out of this, the judge was like, so do you have a property in Aberdeen? So for those of you who don't know, Aberdeen is in Scotland. Beautiful, beautiful place. Absolutely love it. Um, if you like uh, dreary weather, Aberdeen um, is on the coast. That's a big fishing area. Um, everything that is built in Aberdeen is built with granite. And it's almost, I would say, 85 to 90% um, overcast because of where it lies. So it's a very dreary looking place. I kind of like it personally, but he goes, and Trump was like, yeah, I do own property there. He goes, well, why haven't you built a hotel in Aberdeen? And Trump's like, because I have a castle. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. I know. I like that reply. Who needs a hotel, man, when you got a castle? Yeah, exactly. Um, This one is awesome too. So Antifa um, and Black Lives Matter are out there supporting um, Palestine right now lgbtq um all of these groups you know they all kind of fall into the same category anyways um but antiva and muslims clashed during a protest listen to this prove any of your points because you actually have no evidence free palestine you know about half these kids anti-lgbtq anti-lgbtq propaganda he's trying he's trying to he's trying to smooth and get them on his side and they're all like no you're not supposed to have children aren't supposed to be friends with adult strangers and stuff like that and this isn't just an isolated incident this has happened a whole lot in the, in the palestinian the true um islam people that are out there in these protests are like nah you know we, we would throw you off a roof in our country you know, um, and then they're like, you know, I'd feel, well, I'd still feel safer over there than I do here. Look, Christians may disagree with you, but Christians won't drag you behind a motorcycle. Christians won't hang you from a tree. Christians won't throw you off of a roof because you're gay. We just tell you 
that you're gay and we disagree with you. You know, so apparently um, Christians hurting their feels is a whole lot worse than getting chunked off of a building or burned alive or, or eyes gouged out. You know, so it, it's it's amazing. And I go back to that whole civil war thing is that these people that are out there um, supporting and you know me, I'm not supporting either side of this because war is war and there's corrupt sides on both sides. It's, it's the run, being run by the same people. But at least I know what's going on on both sides. These people that are out there supporting Palestine have no idea what they're out there supporting. supporting yeah. Like zero. They're, they're basically, you know, their teachers probably came out and started supporting it. And then the students were like, yes, we're on the right side. And then they're out there supporting something they have no idea about. You know, so if you guys really want to support them, here's what I suggest. Fly over to Gaza and fight along with these people for 10 minutes before they throw you off a building, drag you behind a motorcycle or burn you alive. You know? Yeah. Um, exactly. And that's ultimately what happened. They, they don't care about you. They don't care about your support. They disagree with everything that you are. And you're a whole lot safer in this country with us evil Christians who disagree with you verbally. Like I said, I just, I can't understand how easily these people are brainwashed. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. I try to to digest and look at it from their perspective. Like, well, maybe this is why. Maybe this is why. Nothing makes any sense anymore. It's just uh, <laughs> what we live in. We live in a world of, of sheep. Yeah. People that just blindly follow, don't ask questions. I don't follow anything without asking questions. I'm not going to be Pied Piper. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. I, I got a lot of questions. I ask a lot of questions, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you're, you're right. Tree Patriot. They've been dumbed down. Yeah. Um, you know, partly chemtrails, I'm sure making people stupid. Um, you know, back in our time when you had problems, they would just fix it through a little bit of discipline and you didn't do it again. But today they give you all kinds of psychotropes, drugs and whatever else. Um, that's not helping the situation whatsoever. Yeah. And just think these are the people that are going to get drafted into our war. Awesome. Zoom. Yeah, okay. it's right there. Oh, yeah. She sorry. was just checking to make sure that I have my Zoom up. So when uh, <laughs> yeah. when uh, Jay Woo pops in, here. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's right there. <laughs> oh, we're in it. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, next one right here. The U.S. Liberty incident was an attack on the American vessel USS Liberty by Israeli Air Force and Israeli Navy on June 8, 1967, that killed 34 and wounded um, others 171. Israel claims that the attack was an accident. But some reports affirm that it was actually intentional. So Hezbollah has launched multiple missiles at a U.S. aircraft carrier in the Mediterranean. Um, Google the USS Liberty incident to find out the parallels of this. And we said this the other day. How does every major war start with a sinking boat, a sinking ship? Mm -hmm. So it looks like we're getting closer and closer to that on top of the fact that there is now a nuclear submarine all taunting that area right now as well. We need to stay out of this. Um as well, while we're all looking over here at the silly monkey, hey guys, look at the silly monkey, look at the silly monkey. Um, we're not looking over at Taiwan right now, and Taiwan is being surrounded by uh Chinese military ships, so we're gonna be escalated everything, man. And then eventually, the Jub Jub tribe is gonna be at war with the, the Goo Goo tribe. tribe, um, yeah, down another island over, you know, everyone's gonna be at war here soon, and, and we're gonna be distracted by anything that's that's possibly can be distracted by. So the federal government is now planning to throw TV host Owen Schroyer in solitary for a full month. Got a full month. Like this guy's been in there for a week and they're going to throw him in solitary. I mean, I, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I'd be okay with that. I feel a little safer oh, yeah. in, in solitary. I'm like, hey, 
give me a Bible. I will make the use of my time. Exactly. I will read this thing a couple of times and then I will come out and we'll have some great Celtic Christian shows. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like I said, just utilize your time. Oh, guess what, guys? While I'm thinking about it, I have a little little gift for you guys here. Mm -hmm. Gift to me too. Talk to Jeffrey today. Oh, Jeff will yes. be joining us um, within the next couple of days. He won't, he'll come on for about 15 to 20 minutes. Yes. We're going to talk about um, scripture that talks about, you know, shall you trust your government? Um, you know, what it says in Bible about trusting your government and trusting its laws. So uh, I figured that Jeff would be a great person to bring on the show for that. Um, he said, yeah, within the next couple of days, he will come on for about 15, 20 minutes and we will have a great conversation. And I know he's looking forward to seeing you. And I told him that you guys were looking forward to see him as well. So exciting times ahead as far as that goes. Yes, we miss Jeff too. Hey, Jay Wu. Hey, buddy. All right. We're just finishing up with a little bit of news. We're going to get into the topic of this evening, um, which is, I know, I know you probably get really tired of talking about Jesus, huh? <laughs> No. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a sarcasm. Um, but we'll get into that in a moment. We'll finish up the news real quick. Um, so we came across the, this today, and I don't know how real this is because there's so much AI-generated stuff, but some old papers apparently have popped up about Titanic, and all of them are saying basically the same thing. No lives lost. Titanic sunk. No lives lost. Collision with an iceberg. Largest ship in the world. Um uh, uh, all saved from Titanic after collision. These are different headlines from different papers. Um, like I said, is these things are really hard to verify. I still find it interesting because I, we all know that there was some, something not right about that. And we know the yes. involvement in our deep state and so forth within that. So it's still interesting. I'm going to be digging into this a little bit more and Matt and have, I'm not sure if this is real or not. Like I said, um, a lot of people are pointing it to be real, but once again, we live in a time of AI right now. So someone could have just simply gone into a chat B GBT and typed in a uh, write me multiple yes. headlines mm -hmm. about Titanic and everybody being, everybody surviving. So we'll, we'll see when we get there. Um, this is a little uh, concerning Massachusetts today. Friends shared this video above. Obviously you can't see the video, but there are uh, m like loads of military coppers, Apaches, um, Chinooks, uh, all kinds of different military copters flying over Massachusetts today. Um, and it wasn't just like one group flying over. It was multiple videos from multiple groups flying over. So anybody that lives over Massachusetts area, if you know anything about this, I'd love to hear more. Um, next, uh, I told you about the, the this from Poso about Trump being asked about his Aberdeen lands. And uh, one curious thing that he said, he goes, I have a castle at some point, maybe... In my very old age, I'll go there and do the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Trump's so cryptic sometimes. What do you mean by that? Speaking of cryptic and Trump, um, there was, let me go back and find this video real quick. Uh, it was in, we put it in our telegram, right, Levin? Yes. Okay. I hear this right here. Listen carefully what he says. I have to play it a couple times, I will. Hillary's sort of gone now. So, and you know, we have, <laughs> we have, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. So he said Hillary's really gone now. And it felt like he was about to go on with something else. But then he was like, no, 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 no. Um, I can't say what I want to say. So we kind of went off another direction. Mm -hmm. But it yeah. was still interesting um, the way that he verbalized that is uh, 
Yeah, and he sounded kind of proud of it, exactly. You know, so there's a lot of um, theories going she's around that, that she's already gone, that she was removed in Guantanamo a while back and so forth, and we're looking at a, a double. I can't verify any of this stuff, but, no. man, I mean, I don't want to get excited by what Mary Allen just put. She's dead, but, you know, yeah. sometimes I'm like, oh, sorry, God, I didn't mean to I didn't mean to smile when I heard that. Um, it takes me back to her getting in that bus that they kind of tossed her in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember that. And see, yeah. I always go back and I have looked at that video probably a thousand times. I'm not even remotely exaggerating. And I can't see anything but her being escorted with Out. cuffs behind her now. Yes. Like I tried to look at it from every possible way that I could have looked at that video. And I can't not see her being pulled into that, not on her yes. own will. She wasn't sick. It literally looked like she had her hands cuffed. And yes. and the way that the, they were putting her into that van looked like the way that a cop would put you into somewhere when you're being um, escorted off. And if she was sick, why would they like all try to cover her around her? Exactly. And that was, yeah, I think it was a 9-11. Yes, um, it was 9-11. 9-11 day, Steve. Mm -hmm. I think that was. Yes. Um. So... You know, back to that judge, Judge Ergon released evidence that Donald Trump deleted 33,000 emails after subpoenaed, smashed Blackberries and other devices to hide evidence, had an illegal private server in his basement, had the server bleached, destroyed the evidence, and he deserves to rot in jail. Nobody is above the law. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, that wasn't oh, Trump. That was no. Hillary. Hillary. Hillary Clinton. That's right. Ooh, man. So there you go. That's probably the answer to the. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. The <laughs> it's amazing what they get away with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's oh. focus on the. Let's focus on the the stuff that doesn't matter and go after and, and let the other people get away with everything else. So CNN interviews pro-Palestine women at a protest in Washington D.C. Listen to this. My message to President Biden is: I voted for you, and I regret it. Ooh. Will you vote for him in 2024? Absolutely not. Yeah, that's right. My message to President Biden is that I voted for you and I regret it. And when asked if she would vote for him in 2024, she said, absolutely not. This is happening more, happening more and more and more and more. And we're seeing more examples of this. Um, even they're starting to panic a lot. Yes. Um, and I'm starting to see some uh, big time Biden supporters out there saying, yeah, you should probably mm -hmm. step down and not run for the next election so we can put in Big Mike or, uh, or, or Newsom or any of those other people. So, uh, once again, I'm going to read this again. Nashville Mayor's Office has confirmed that they are working with Metro Legal to determine how those images were released of the uh, manifesto. Not, you know, what took so long. I'm glad this finally got out. The country needed to see this so they could know the truth. It doesn't fit their narrative. And you know what this just did? This just proved that the Nashville mayor was complacent and keeping this hidden. Mm -hmm. So there's a theory, rumor, I, I like I said, not verified but it's looking more like this may be the case is that a heroic officer within the department of Nashville was the one that released these three pages. He's probably tired of, of the two tier justice system. Um, real quick too. This is a massive list of cities being targeted by Hamas. Um, this is um, from the FBI uh, who said this. So Biden's border policies are going to kill innocent Americans. And like I said, this came from the FBI. All right, so this is uh, some of the information coming out on cities to be on the watch. Now, first is Washington, D.C., all throughout the state of New York, San Francisco, California, Santa Clara, California, mm. Los Angeles, California, San Diego, California, 
Houston, Texas, Arlington, Texas, Dallas, Texas, Boca Raton, Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Orlando, Florida, Tampa, Florida, Boston, Massachusetts, Playfield, Illinois, Chicago, Illinois, Cleveland, Ohio, Laurel, Maryland, Potomac, Maryland, Periton, Virginia, Springfield, Virginia, Raleigh, North Carolina, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Charlotte, North Carolina, Detroit, Michigan, Columbia, Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri, Denver, Colorado, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, Tucson, Arizona, and Seattle, Washington. Oh, that is the list that they currently have where they're saying, please be on the lookout. Not only is there concern of physical attacks, of possible you know, attacks on people uh, with devices, but in addition to that, they are saying these are the cities to be mindful of, to watch against tax against top attacks against our infrastructure systems for our water, our electrical grids, taking down our airports. They're trying to shut down our systems to uh, wreak havoc on our daily lives. Yeah, I was right. a little surprised too that Atlanta wasn't mentioned in there, but there's something that these all have in common. Mm -hmm. What could it be? Could it be that they're all Democrat run cities? Hmm. Interesting how that works. Oh yeah, a true patriot. That's not my squeaky chair. That's my old bones. Oh, it's is that me? No, it's me. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's my old knees and my old back and my old arms. I am the one that's squeaking, not my chair. No, I'm just kidding. I'll, I will make sure. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize it came across the mic so much, so I'll make sure to uh, WD-40 my knees and my arms and my back so <laughs> I don't squeak tomorrow night. <laughs> oh, God, that's hilarious. Fortunately for WD-40. Also, real quick, Matt and Heaven, it was a pleasure to have you guys in here last Absolutely night. Absolutely, so love much having fun. you guys here. Got to have you guys over for dinner. Um, yes. And of course, the conversation didn't end when we got done with the Kilter oh, Christian show. No. We went in there and talked about God for another hour or so before they even left. So it's just, it's great. All the conversations go, we start one place and always end up going to scripture every, every time. So it's pretty awesome. Um, what else we have here? So um, this, once again, guys, I want to remind you tomorrow. Get out and vote if you can get out and vote. Tuesday, November 7th is a critical election. Kentucky, Missouri, yes. um, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and, and many more, guys. Get out. Make sure that you go vote. Trump endorsed uh, Cameron today, which is pretty mm -hmm. cool, or this weekend. So that's pretty awesome. Um, let's see. we got a couple more things, and then we will get into Look, i got to play this for you guys. This isn't really news, but my mind, I don't know. But our world, our country, so dumb. This is uh, Miss America. It's still the greatest answer of all time. Okay. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps and uh, I believe that our ed education like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq everywhere like such as and <laughs> I believe that they should uh, 
our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa. It should help the Iraq and the Asian countries. So we will be able to build up our future for our Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I feel a little dumber having heard that. Um, yeah, Valley Girl, that was the first thing I thought. Like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Because because those countries don't have access to a map. That was probably the smartest thing that she said, and it was still dumb. Um, but those of you who are asking about the Hamas cities, we are getting that loaded up on our cases. You guys can go check that out. Send it around. And that was an AOC. I know. You, you know, you would have thought that was AOC, but that wasn't AOC crazy <laughs> um general mccarney world health organization warns painful mosquito-borne disease will become a major threat this decade isn't that a coincidence right when they're dumping mosquitoes all over the place in helicopters oh absolutely some crazy stuff in the news yeah most definitely um and then finally um this is interesting so thomas massey introduces a kill switch amendment because this is an amendment because they've already this is already in progress okay a kill switch amendment that would not require all vehicles um purchased after 2026 to come equipped with technology that can automatically disable their vehicles um something tells me that they're not doing that because they love us and they want to protect us in case you know i don't know they just want to be able to shut it down so that we can't get away when they're coming after us or that we can't use our vehicles because we've gone over our carbon limit. Unbelievable. Every day. Um, and I was kind of shocked that that was actually out there, but it was actually out there. So, um, hey, cool. Perfect timing. Jay Wu has made it home safely. You guys didn't see, but he was cruising down the road listening to Celtic Christian. <laughs> So. I, I might have I might have broke the speed limit a little. I, I, That's okay. I was noticing that. But <laughs> in, in our state, or at least our our city, the speed limit is more of a suggestion. Yes. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I was going to say I was I was driving like Joseph on a um a backcountry road there. Yeah. I, I get picked on that often, but that's okay because. <laughs> I need to bring my car there and we need to like rally. Oh, you better believe it, man. That sounds like fun. That's we got, we'll have to, we'll, we'll see how fast we can go up Mandolin Farms Hill. Oh, that would go. be fun. Oh, I'm going to need a lift kit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's one thing is, uh, all, all I wish is that it was an all wheel drive, but when given the choice between a stand or, you know, stick shift or automatic, I'm going to go with the stick shift every time. And the stick shift and does brother. not come with automatic or doesn't come with all wheel drive. So. It just oh. means I gotta drive right so I don't get stuck. All right, man. So you ready to talk a little about Jesus? Um, absolutely. I figured as much, man. So how was your how was the uh vineyard um prayer tonight? A uh, vineyard well tonight was the Bible study. Okay, that was Bible study, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's confusing because there's a lot going on. Hey, um good. but we have been praying on vineyard as well. Um and both have been great. Um we have some amazing folks you know since i was on here last time we went from like i think it was 28 members to now we are close to 50 people in our prayer group beautiful and let's see if we can get it up even further so for those of you that are not on vineyard signal if you don't have signal download it signals awesome because it's encrypted and the three letters can't go snooping around in your stuff 
um, which is kind of nice. That's where we would go and have like incog conversations where we mm-hmm. wouldn't use our text and our phone and stuff like that. Um, but they have a prayer group um, vineyard, which is literally 24, seven, seven days a week, you know, 24 hours, seven days a week. It goes all time. Um, it's hard to catch up because it goes pretty fast. And there's a lot of people that are chatting on there, asking for prayers, praying for one another, having good old cattle conversation about chicken porn. Um, <laughs> but then again, Hey man, no, no conversation. Well, actually there was conversation about cannibalism today because of my little faux pas last night when I meant carnivore, carnivore, not cannibalism. And then, you, you know, I, I need to raise awareness for uh, chicken sex trafficking too. Currently, yeah, exactly. But we'll get Steve. Oh Steve will, will lead that one in because he's Steve, a chicken guy. It? He'll make sure we will put an end to this. No more. Steve. No more chicken trafficking. No more. <laughs> um, he thought he was trying to sell off his chickens to us. No, yeah. Oh no, his rooster. Yeah, see that he's Din- trafficking roosters Dinner now. His rooster's name. Who? Dinner. Dinner is his rooster's oh, name. Steve's great rooster. name. That's a really good name. Ah, well, um, interesting conversation. We, like I said, this last night, um, I was talking about the carnivore diet, and for some reason, cannibal came out of my mouth, and uh, apparently, it picked up in her phone because she has gotten like multiple things she's come across today about cannibalism. Cannibal. Um, cannibal yes. chickens was probably my favorite. Speaking oh, of chickens, my gosh. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not joking. Mm-hmm. There, there's uh, some farm that some guy went to look in and. He goes, oh, there's there's none of that here. Okay, well, maybe there's a little bit. All right, okay, so maybe there's more than I was admitting to. <laughs> um, I guess chickens can be cannibals too. Yeah. Isn't that Actually, that's crazy? That, that's funny. You should get Steve Cusick on here because he had a cannibalistic uh, chicken incident okay. in his coop. Oh, yes, this he week. did. Oh, yes, he did, huh? Well, we think that's what happened. We're not sure. Um we need an uh, investigation. Oh, wow. With, with fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> well, Kitty Cannon says chickens are the worst cannibals. <laughs> I used to mess with Jeff and, uh, and Steve all the time with, with the, cause I, one of my monologues that I was giving back when I was in college just happened to be, um, Hannibal, cannibal, um, from Silence of the Lands monologue. Yeah. And I got it down so good. Yeah. That um it's kind of creepy. It really yeah. is. It's um, kind of creepy. You'll have to treat us sometime. Oh, I I will. We'll have to wait for Halloween. Too bad it's like another year away. <laughs> well, you got time to practice up, I guess. You got time to get back into it exactly. So, we're going to talk a little bit about um the teachings of Jesus, not the, the the lessons of Christ, but the the way that he taught. You know, the different um the different kinds of ways that he would talk to different people so that they had a better understanding of things. So, Jesus's teachings were striking and memorable, not only because he used a variety of teachings and methods, but more so because of what he taught, that he was the incarnate divine Lord who had brought his heavenly kingdom to earth, and that the rules of this kingdom were much different from the rules of the kingdoms of earth. So Jesus was known for his teachings because of his methods that he used and the methods or the message that he preached. So throughout his teaching ministry, Jesus used a variety of methods that made his teachings both striking and memorable, understandable, and provoking. The methods included well-known methods of his day, as well as qualities that are still that we are still familiar with. So he would use poetry, proverbs, exaggeration, 
parables, similes, riddles, and paradoxes. However, um, what set his teachings apart from others was the message that they contained. So Jesus taught that the kingdom of God had come and that he, as the incarnate and divine Lord, was its ruler. This kingdom changed the standards of the kingdoms of men and called its citizens to live in a radically different way. So I found this one interesting because of the different methods that he used. So the different method um, of Jesus's teachings. So Jesus used a variety of teaching techniques to impress his teachings on his hearers. Such techniques were used to clarify his meaning, motivate, or sometimes shock the listeners, or reveal the true intent of God's word. So all the while making his teachings memorable to anybody. Some forms of Jesus's teachings include poetry, proverbs, exaggeration, parables, and many others, such as puns you can find in Matthew um, 23, 24, similes, Luke um, 17, 6, metaphors within Matthew 5, 13 through 14, riddles, like in Mark 14, 58, paradoxes, which you can find in Mark 12, 41 through 44, irony, which you can find in um, Matthew 16, um, 2 through 3, and questions, like in Mark 3, 1 through 4. So we used a lot of different methods um, in order to get what he needed to say across. And uh, before you came in, Jay, we, we were discussing um, how God is giving us the ability to speak to different people. Because, you know, I can talk to someone and they may not understand the way that I'm describing it. Jeff can talk to that same person and they're like, Eureka, I get what you're saying. He has many different people using many different methods and he always puts us in the right place with the right persons, you know, so that the right person's getting that message across. And I just find it to be awesome that um, we all have such different ways of speaking, um, you know, like me, like Jeff can remember verses like crazy. He's just amazing when it comes to verses, telling you where you can find them and then remembering the verses. I'm good at remembering the lesson and the story. So I tell it in a different way. And it's not, you know, word for word scripture by any means, you know, I, I summarize things, but just like myself, sometimes I can read verses over and over again, and it still doesn't have a understand. I still don't understand it. But once I do understand it, um, I can remember what was being said and then describe it my own way, which doesn't deviate from scripture, but it's a story. And it's, it's very similar to the methods that Jesus used in order to speak to different people. So one of those messages was, was poetry. So most of the poetry that Jesus used expressed by the gospel writers involved um, parallelism um, with about 200 examples in the gospel. There are four main types of parallelism. Um, uh, you've got synonyms, um, antithetical, step, and uh, chiastic. So he used the different um, styles of poetry so that people can, un can, can absorb it. Because it's one thing to understand something, but he also wants us to remember it and to example it in our own lives. So um, he found different methods in order to speak to different people to where they could understand. So um, in synonymous uh, parallelism is a subsequent line or lines expresses a similar synonymous thought to the previous line. So the second line, while it may be virtually synonymous, can also clarify or intensify the first line. So about 50 examples of Jesus is using this method appear in the Gospels. For example, example, Jesus says, for nothing is hidden except to be made 
and manifest nor is anything secret except to come to the light and that is mark 422 here hidden parallels secret and manifest parallels come to light um the next one is the antithetical um, parallelism so the second line contrasts with the first line this is the most common form of parallelism in jesus's teachings with nearly 140 instances in scripture for example Every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. You can find that in Matthew 7, 17. The terms healthy contrast with disease and good fruit contrasted with bad fruit. So he's showing you both sides of the situation of what can create goodness and what can destroy something like that. Like I said, even if you have good fruit next to a bad fruit, it can end up turning that good fruit rotten. You know what I'm saying? So it's basically hang out with people that are going to better you and lead you down that narrow path. You start hanging out with people that are pulling you away from that. You're going to be pulled away from that narrow path. So hang out with the good fruit, not the bad fruit. So in step with the climatic parallelism, the second line continues and advances the thought of the first line. So there are about 20 examples of this type of parallelism in Jesus's teachings. One is whoever receives you receives me and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. That's Matthew 10 40. Notice that the first line is repeated, whoever receives me. And then an additional element is added, which advances the teachings receives him who sent me. So finally, you've got the, uh, chiastic parallelisms, which involves, um, the, inversion of parallel statements so a b b1 a1 would kind of be the uh the way that this is kind of broken down so there are 16 cases of this type of parallelism in the gospels for an example the sabbath a was made for man b not man b1 for the sabbath a1 this is mark 2 27 so basically what it says the sabbath was made for man not man for the sabbath so these are just examples of the poetry in which Jesus um, would get his lessons across. Then you've got Proverbs. So um, proverbial statements are also employed by Jesus. Such statements are not to be taken as absolutes, but are general principles. For example, Jesus states, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Matthew 26, 52. As this case with the proverb exceptions are not provided so jesus's statement does not mean that all who fight with swords will die by a sword but rather the meaning is that generally speaking those who are accustomed to fighting with swords are likely to be killed by the sword thus a person knowing the truthfulness of the proverb will be wise to heed its teachings and what i was saying we had talked about this before this particular one um i'd love to hear your, your aspect is to die by the sword you don't want the sword to be the first thing that you go to. You know what I'm saying? If it comes down to removing that sword from the sheet to defend yourself, that's a whole different story. Um, but he said this, I believe it was to, to uh, he said it to Peter, if I'm not mistaken, who chopped off the ear or cut the ear. And um, he was, you know, basically don't let that be the first thing that you go to. Yeah. Restraint, Matt and head. Exactly. Have restraint, try something different, but if it comes down to it, you know what I'm saying? Use the sword. So he's not saying don't use a sword, but as we know, you know, um, 
the more you use a sword, the more that you fight with it, the more your chances of actually getting hit by a sword at some point are going to be, which is going to end your life. So um, that's a great example, the Proverbs. Um, am I am I on the right path with that one, Jay? I, I would say so. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, uh, well, they say most, most car accidents happen near your home. Yes. Well, it's because you spend more time driving near your home than you do anywhere else because you got to go yeah. to and from your home in order to get anywhere twice a day at least yeah so law of averages says that's you know if you're going to be playing with swords all the time and if that's your go-to you're gonna you're gonna face a lot of sword fights and eventually someone's going to be better they're hearing me they're hearing okay um he needs to i think they're hearing stuff from the dude that's what Mary is saying to me. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know how. I don't know how because our lines are closed. Yeah, I don't have anybody in our. Uh, yeah, it's not on show- our speaker line. Either. So, Mary, it's not showing on us. Yeah, we no. don't have it on our side. Interesting. That squeaks is his chair. Yeah, no, that's my. Yeah, bones. we already got that covered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah. that's me. Squeak, yeah, squeak, and, and you probably heard Mary. You, but thank you, Mary. You probably heard me too because I was messing with my headphones. Yeah, Mary does. She's got supersonic hearing. Yeah, she does. She's just <laughs> superhero. Um, sorry about that. I didn't mean to re- interrupt. Sorry. That's okay. So the next um, one. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, we'll finish it. Yeah, finish. Oh, well, I you know I often wonder, like in in my life, because I I carry a gun, mm-hmm. and. Um, my debate with myself is whether I would use it in self-defense. Like I have no question that I would defend an innocent with my pistol. Um, but I'm not sure that I would myself. And I don't know, you know, I don't know where that comes from other than, um, perhaps I'm saving the life of, you know, by submitting to my own death saving the life of the person who kills me or shoots me or whatever um you know whose life do i value more that person or my own yes um whereas when it comes to innocence or seeing someone harmed by someone else like i don't think i'd even hesitate you know no. i don't know i've never been in that situation but you see that's, that's the thing is that you know if you're like me you run through these scenarios in your head it's situational awareness you know you, you want to, you know, but the thing is, though, is you're right. When you get to a circumstance, you don't know how you're going to react at that time. And I would love to think that I would be the heroic person that would jump in front of the bullet. But that's, you know, it's different when you're thinking about what you would do and the way you would actually react if you got to that moment. Right. Well, I I think there's stuff that lends to that, though, like just in your daily life, like if you're if you're constantly sacrificing your time or your energy or your efforts for someone else, your, your resources, um, I think that lends to that kind of warrior spirit where you would, you would probably not hesitate to put it on the line. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're, if you're a selfish person who thinks of yourself first and always is looking out for you, I, I highly doubt that you would jump in front of a bus or a bullet or anything to save. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I think I think there's human characteristics that will will point in that direction. But, yeah, we never know until we've come onto that and judgment you, by fire. Exactly. You know, and Mary all in, she asked him, would you lay down your life for another? And I'd like to think that I would, you know, what I'm saying. But once again, um, you know, what is the scenario? Am I there with my mother 
and I need to get her away from the incident, you know what I'm saying, to protect her. Like, there's a lot of different scenarios that can take place. Um, I would love to, you know, in my head, I would definitely lay my life down for someone else. But once, Amen. like you just said, you know, trial by fire is a whole different story than picturing what you would do. You know what I'm saying? It's like having a game plan before a football game and then actually getting onto the field and hoping that that's a successful game plan. <laughs> right. Yeah, what do they say? You know, plans are great until the first round is fired or something. Yeah, something exactly. Like and all of a sudden, like, everything changes. Um, I, but, I would say that I'm 96.75% sure that I would jump in front of a bullet or, or you know, do what I have to do. Exactly. But, and now that we've I'm said a, this, we can yeah, now that we've said this, we can't be tellers of tales untrue because we're just going to disappoint our Heavenly Father. So we we must lay down our lives if we get into that situation. There we and, go. And God bless you all and hope that no one gets into that situation. But once again, you know, we've got to do the righteous thing. And and like right. you said, it's about being selfless and not selfish. And what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Do you get to go <laughs> to heaven a little earlier and leave this craziness behind? <laughs> And that's just it. It's the people left behind that really have the pain and the suffering, you know? Yeah, exactly. Whoever. Exactly. You know, um, you know, with that point, I'd be like, hi guys, this is Kilted Christian episode 781 from heaven. <laughs> <laughs> um, guess who my, my special guest is tonight? Jesus. <laughs> Boy, that would be awesome. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I bet that would have more views than any show ever. <laughs> right. Um, so the next one, um, teaching style, was exaggeration. So listen carefully about this one because when I when I first came across, I'm like exaggeration. Jesus wasn't an exaggerator, but but this actually makes more sense. So exaggeration can be wrong if it's used deceitfully, especially when the listener is not anticipated exaggerated language. However, in ethical teachings, exaggerated language is a powerful tool that can actually leave um, an inevitable impression upon the hearer or the reader. So there are two types of exaggerated language, um, overstatement and hyperbole. Um, overstatement is an exaggerated statement that is possible through, um, though not intended to complete. For example, when Jesus taught, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. Okay. Obviously an exaggeration, but with a powerful meaning behind it. That was Matthew 5, 29. Although such an action could be done that is not the desired intent of Jesus' statement. He doesn't want us, uh, you know, um, tearing out an eye and, and chunking it away, you know. Um, hyperbole, um, however, is an exaggerated statement that is impossible to complete. For example, Jesus said, the scribes of the Pharisees, you blind guides, straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. So um, this is Matthew 23, 24. Although it is impossible for someone to swallow a camel, the ethical point is clear. Don't be so careful about the little things so that you ignore to do the big things. Exaggeration is a powerful form of communication as it arrests the attention of the hearers. It is also demonstrating that the seriousness of a situation. For example, if removing an eye would help you avoid hell, it's worth removing. Um... You know, like I said, I was a little skeptical at first. I'm like, okay, yeah, that does make sense. And there was an exaggeration in both of those hyperbole as well. Um, but they are powerful when you break down the actual meaning and metaphor behind what he was actually saying. And like in this particular case, like I said, 
Don't get so focused on the little things that you ignore the big things. So the next teaching, the final teaching here would be parables. Um, perhaps Jesus's most well-known method of teaching is a parable, which accounts for about one third of all of his teaching. So in the gospel, Jesus would tell at least 50 different parables. Unfortunately, the parables are not only some of Jesus's most cherished teachings, they also um, constitute some of his most misunderstood teachings because of the way that people you know, take it. So I myself enjoy the parables, but some people just leave them scratching their heads, not exactly understanding what he meant by that. But as we had discussed in another episode about parables and, and why Jesus used them, is often the people that would come to listen were listening because they understood, they wanted to hear that message and they would listen to Jesus. And those that weren't necessarily going to be followers or were going to try to persecute those where they were trying to spread the message of Christ, they would just kind of walk off board. You know what I'm saying? So it kind of separated and kept people safe as well. But also storytelling is a powerful way to remember things. And that's why, you know, like where Jeff can repeat verses and so forth like that, I am good at, at breaking them down with analogy and so forth, um, you know, in that way. Because like I said, is some people understand one, some people understand another. That's why Jeff and I have such great conversations is because we both have different methods of, of I don't want to say teaching because I'm not a teacher, but understanding and <clears throat> passing on the message. There we go. Um, so let me get back up real quick. So, I, I got and I have to disagree with you, brother. Okay, what's that? We're te you're teaching us right now. See, I I I just don't I I don't feel like I'm equipped to be the teacher because of um not being as biblically sound as some of you right. are. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I brought you along on my journey is because um you know it's less intimidating to be on someone who's going through their journey rather than because Jeff, I'll be honest, Je Jeff is so scripturally sound that he intimidated me for a while you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying but that intimidation kind of left away because he's also very opening to having just very great conversation about things you know where we can go back and forth and have a better understanding about things but thank you i i appreciate that well something i'll say is you know i i enjoy teaching and and i don't know anything but the point is when I do like automotive repair, for instance, um, when I do, I learn so much more than the people that I'm teaching. Mm -hmm. So it's yes. really more of a learning experience than it is actually a teaching experience. Yeah. You're just putting in an instructorial position. Yeah. Always. Is instructorial a word? What's that? I said, is instructorial a word? Well, it is now. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, See, that's the thing is that, you know, there's an old saying is that the best teachers are always students, you know, because we always have something to learn, you know, and, and you told one, one word that I say that I just really don't like. I don't like the word master because that means yeah. that you can't learn anymore. And if you've yeah. ever assumed that you've mastered something, you have basically just become stagnant. You know what I'm saying? You are, you're not allowing yourself to grow any longer and we always have room for growth. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's a great saying is that, the best teachers are always students. Exactly. So, so you can not own it because you're always learning too. But hey, I've learned a lot from you. I've got a lot from you, my friend. Well, my I, I appreciate it. I mean, it makes me feel, uh, that makes me feel really good. Because the last thing I want to do is send you guys the other direction. <laughs> I, I, I want you to get an A in scripture and not an F. 
So you have never caused me to stumble, brother. Thank you. Thank you, man. That's awesome. Man. That is it. very awesome. That's a nice compliment. You made me blush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll get back into parables real quick. And then we got about uh, eight minutes or so. And then we'll get into our prayers. Because, you know, that's one of the reasons that you came on tonight. So that we can each do a prayer for a brother. And we will discuss that here just a little bit. So, um, so Jesus, like I said, you know, that was one of his most, um, the biggest thing were parables. So at its basic definition, a parable involves a comparison. For example, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. That's Matthew 13, 44. But there's a whole lot of Matthew, man. Matthew's awesome. He's like the one-stop <laughs> shop. <laughs> Go read Matthew. Um, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. So thus the kingdom of heaven is compared, has some resemblance to treasure, which is the greatest treasure that we could ever receive. Store your treasure in heaven. Um, such parables are fairly easy to comprehend since the point of the comparison is usually highlighted in the parable itself. So an example, sacrifice whatever you need to enter the kingdom since it's completely worth it. So anything that we give up here is worth it so that we can get into heaven. Just like, you know, earlier we were saying about, you know, removing the eye and removing, you know, if that meant you're not going to hell, it's worth removing that eye. Um, you know, so in other parables, I'm um, an example, the parable of the sower soils and the parable of the wheat and tares, which we discussed last night um, after the show um, with Matt and Hev, because um, we're seeing a lot of that right now, but especially the separation of the wheat and the tares. Jesus explains the various com um, comparisons since it may not be obvious to the hearers. Although parables have often been um, allegorized, it is best to seek the main idea of the parable based on the parable's context. So why did Jesus give the parable? Additionally, it is helpful to seek understand the parable from the perspective of the original audience before applying it to a modern context. And that is that is dead on. Is um. You know, we can look at it in today's context, but go back and look at it to the eyes of the audience that was viewing the parable at that time. And we're seeing a lot of similarities between what took place back in the time that Christ walked the earth to the to today, what we're seeing happen right here today. You know, in the times of Noah, we're seeing that kind of chaos break out all over again. You know, fortunately, we're not going to get flooded out again. Um, it'll be in fire, which is way worse, in my opinion. I'd rather drown, but hey. Um, but that's the thing is that Jesus always found different methods and different ways in order to teach different types of people. And to me, I love metaphor. I love parable. I love storytelling. I love comparisons. To me, it it sinks into my brain a little bit better than some of the other methods of Christ speaking. But that's the thing, though, is that Christ knew his audience. You know, just like any good entertainer, not, I'm not saying that Jesus was an entertainer, but a good entertainer knows their audience. And Jesus being way more important and spreading something that ultimately leads up to our salvation, the lessons, you know, I'm saying the things that we need to do in order to work our way up into heaven, he knew his audience. Um, you know, I always think about the, uh, you know, when he stood on, on the, the hill of the mountain and, and gave that big speech, you know, the way that everybody received that, you know, what I'm saying like, he knew the audience and everyone was so captivated that the word spread. You know what I'm saying? People, it didn't just stop there. You know what I'm saying? People didn't go, oh, great, man. I love what you had to say. And then they walked away and never talked about it again. Every single person that was there to witness that 
carried that conversation on was like, no. And guess what? And then he said this, and I picture myself sitting there listening to that as well and how excited I would be telling people later what I saw, you know, I can't imagine that, that, that the people of that time were any different. You know what I'm saying? Just mm. absolute excitement. And then he said this, and oh, oh, dude, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, wait. I don't want to get this wrong. You know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> kind of like we would be right now. We were listening to Jesus give his wisdom in parables. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I think most, most everybody here has watched the, um, the chosen. Yes. And for me, you know, controversial or not, you know, it gives me warm and fuzzy. So I'm rolling with it. And, the the sermon on the mount um that that's the second episode i think when he when he talks to mary and he just he tells her that you know i'm yours and you're mine and he like wraps her in that hug can you imagine hugging jesus yes every day no that's what i'm saying like i mean just imagine like the greatest concert or the greatest anything you've ever been to. And it doesn't even remotely compare to being able to watch Jesus speak on that mount or, or the greatest thing you've ever experienced in your life, not even coming close to comparing to like, not only getting to hug Jesus, but Jesus hugging you. Right. Way better. Like telling me that I'm his and then loving on me. Mm Mm-hmm. That almost makes me well up just talking I about know, it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't, and I'm going to be honest with you, little open and honesty. I can't tell you how many times I've teared up watching The Chosen. Oh, yeah. You know, and, Same. And one of my, and, and you know, I know that there was um, creative license in this as well in order to tell the stories of Jesus. Um, but one thing that I love, and I picture, I, I literally, I feel like this was really Jesus, was his humor. The mm-hmm. way that he expressed things, the way he taught some people, um, didn't you know, make him feel good. Nothing makes you feel better than like a good laugh and humor, looking at something in a humorous way. And the way that they portrayed him um, with his jokes were what was it, the Thunder Brothers? The, the oh, yeah, the, the Sons of Thunder. Yeah, Sons of Thunder. You know, and just there's so many great examples of that where I just find myself laughing. And, and it just, I'm like, yeah, because I can just associate more than ever you know being a you know a son of christ a son of of god you know because i i just imagine you know being such a loving good kind-hearted sinless person that he also had a good sense of humor because like i said how do you change a negative or how do you teach something it's a negative teaching do it with a little bit of humor and it breaks the tension you know what i'm saying so i'd imagine that jesus was probably like that yeah, well, he, he would have to. I mean, he's perfect, so of course he's funny. Yeah, but yeah exactly. how many times has, has humor got us through some of the worst and most difficult times in our life? It does you very know? much today. It's an absolute gift from God, humor is. I mean, even even the lowbrow, you know, poop and fart humor. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I, mean, I will laugh at anything. I mean, right. there's, there's no humor that, I, I'm like I said, you know, curse words don't bother me dark humor doesn't bother me you know what i'm saying i just laughing is so good for you it just yeah it just removes any negative energy it's no different than a smile or a hug or you know those other things like that is it something as simple as a joke can change someone's day something oh, as simple as a smile mm-hmm. a hug mm-hmm. 
kind words, you know what I'm saying? So definitely, definitely humor. And, 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 and for me, that's what personifies Jesus is that love and the care for, for people because they're all God's children. Yeah. And, and that's why I'll take it back to the gun thing and why I don't know that I could defend myself because that's a, that's one of God's children. Now, if they're harming someone else, that's a different story because their intent is not. Yeah. But if their intention is to harm me, you know, I know I'm saved. If I kill that person, I don't know that they're saved. Now, see, that's yeah. the thing. That's like, you wish you had that extra moment to be like, are you saved? Yes. Do you know Christ? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, right. if they're if they're doing something that you would shoot them for, I'd imagine they probably don't. And I, yeah. I just. Right. But you never know, man. That's the just thing. don't. Yeah, that's the thing about quick decisions. Um, I hope everybody liked this conversation. I, it was fun. Like I, I come across certain things sometimes because I, I just I read a lot of different stuff. I know I I annoy living sometimes because I'm always like reading something. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, what are you doing? I know she just there? she'll see a big grin on my yeah, face. Like, like, what are you reading? Okay. I'm reading about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, okay. But but some things like just I'm like, wow, cool. I I love the breakdown of this, and you just they make great you know topics. You know, something that I can just share a lesson that I learned with other people as well. Um, yeah, so we're, we're actually out of time and we're going to do our prayers. Um, cause like I said, we, I brought you, we, we, we talked earlier. What's that? I said your we, prayers. Yeah. Our, our prayers. Living, you don't want to pray? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> no, but I, in my head, I'll be praying with you. All right. what's, what's funny is, um, I, I was told something, yes, this today. And that's you, Duncan, cover so much ground in your prayers that it's hard to follow you up. <laughs> Would you like to go first? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what, Jaku? I I was listening to him and he like everything that I had in my head, he had already he had already said. And I'm like, I don't want to repeat what he's saying because then it looks like I'm just copying him and you don't want to do that. And then you know- have and then and then Matt and I just went blank. Just totally mm. blank. And yeah, I'm not. Here, a, here's what I here's what I got to say about that, and that's pray it anyway. If it's on your heart, pray it. It yeah. doesn't matter if it was just prayed. Yeah. Or or do double. Follow Suski's lead. Just say ditto. Amen. <laughs> I will do that next time someone asks me to what, pray. What he said. I, I don't like speaking in front of a lot of people when oh, it yeah. comes to prayer. It's I all good. A lot of head. people like to pray privately. Yes, some that's how I am. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly and, uh, praying. But yeah, it's it sounds good works. in my head, but when it comes out, it doesn't. <laughs> so well, anyway. I I will take you up on your offer, though. Okay, let me so, lead in real quick. So, um, absolutely, the reason that I asked you to come on tonight specifically, because um, yes. we we pray for a lot of the things, but tonight we're gonna focus. Um, we've got our brother, a brother in arms, our brother in the Lord Almighty, our brother in Christ, the Conley, who you guys know, and I'm not I'm not gonna be too specific because I'm sure some of the stuff is is private. But Conley isn't going through anything, you know, health issues. So there's nothing to worry about. But life is a cruel, cruel thing sometimes. And it throws a lot at you at one time. And all of a sudden, instead of having to make one decision, you have to make like 20 decisions all at one time. And life become really overwhelming at that point. And Conley is a loving, good-hearted man of Christ. He, I know all of you know him and love him as much as we do. And uh, he just needs prayer because much like myself, Conley um, regresses into himself. He doesn't want to, and just like you too, Jay Wu, 
we don't want to burden other people with our problems. So we often sit back, deal with it as much as we can ourselves. We'll pray um, ourselves, but we don't want to burden others with what we're going through. Because it, to me, in my opinion, it, and this is just me, it's definitely not right. But um, I feel like by handing off my burdens to other people, I'm handing over negativity. And Conley's very much like you and I, to where we go into ourselves, we internalize, we try to pray to God, get those answers, sort through things ourselves. Um, so we took the liberty tonight to bring you on um, so that we can pray specifically for Conley um, so that he can get through. Yeah, exactly. Men do this. You're right, Mary Ellen. Um, so that he can get through these times. So I'll let you pray first, um, and okay. then I'll I'll take the mic. So go ahead. Brother. And and just a, a brief monologue. I know we don't have a lot of time, but um, I always got time for prayer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just I want to talk about Jim for a minute because, um, you know, I met both of you first in Yuba City, and uh, you know, working working the barbecues with them, and you know it's funny I, i've worked for him now twice on the on the barbecues and i know crap about grilling i'm sorry um but i could do whatever um and anyway i got i got to have some one-on-one -on -one conversations with jim and and then you know we come to flemingsburg and i get to spend more time with him and you know a couple more trips to the grocery store which became one of my favorite things because i i would have jim to myself for a little bit and i love and well you got to spend many hours with him on your own like and 60 just in yeah the truck. <laughs> and and the the talk about humor because that's a gift that that uh jim has been given and um and uh i i just love his spirit and i love the man and how much he cares and yes. that he will talk to anybody and everybody and he will have that conversation he's very non-judgmental yes. and um i just came to really appreciate that about him and that uh, he would come and spend time at my campfire i know he knows a lot you know more important people or or you know interesting people or you know people that you you want to talk to and he chose to sit around my fire with with my crew and that just speaks to his character though he's just a kind-hearted loving man and it doesn't matter who you are he just treats you like Absolutely. a person with respect and care amen. and that's mm -hmm. amen. that's that jesus -y stuff amen and you've never lived until you've sat in a truck driving south for 30 hours with a cowboy singing the cure right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, I love him, and I'm yeah. going to pray him up right now. Lord Jesus, thank you. It's always first and foremost. Um, and, and, I, and I just thank you for brothers like Joseph and Jim and Matt and Matt and Matt and Jonathan and Philip and all these great brothers that you brought into my life and i've left you know thousands out and right now one is suffering many are suffering actually um, we have so many people we're praying for right now but jim is today jim is on my heart and our hearts and we just want to lift him up to you you know what's going on he's just under such an attack um, in so many ways and it's because 
of what he represents to you and to this community and to the growth in you and in the movement in you because he has a voice for you and we just lift him up we want him to know that you have him that we have him that he is loved that he is appreciated that he's cared for and uh, we just pray your your hand on him to just give him your peace your comfort your understanding your wisdom and and you're just your love so we thank you for jim and we ask that you just comfort him and uh let him ask for what he needs from any of us so we will freely thank you lord for all you do and all you give and and, and all you show it is in your name jesus we ask and pray these things amen 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 beautiful so i'm gonna um gonna go with the prayer as well and like i said is uh we'll get back into praying for all the different things that need to be prayed for tomorrow but tonight we're specifically focused on our brother conley because i know we miss him very very much so everybody please bow your heads again heavenly father thank you again for the many blessings that you've given us and one of those great blessings is building a family and uh our brother jim conley is one of those people i got the privilege to know him at many many events um over the years um, live right down the road, got to spend some time with them in the truck. And those are just gifts, dear Lord, that things like this will, that we'll never forget. So that was a gift to me. And I thank you for that. But Father, right now, Conley needs you in his life to just guide him. So Father, that's what I ask. I ask, dear Lord, that you speak to him for us and just let Conley know that he is so loved, that we love him with all of our hearts. And he is one of the greatest people that we know. He truly understands what you teach. He understands humor and laughter and spreading that word. And he does it in such a gentle, loving way. People of this world can take a lot from him because he's a teacher. And dear Lord, he does things in the most innocent and loving ways, dear Lord. He means well in everything that he does. And Father, the closer we get to you and the more we do for you, the more the devil comes after us. And we see that every single day. And right now, he's being attacked on multiple fronts. He's being put with a lot of decisions right now and being put into some uncomfortable situations. So I asked your Lord, I'm not going to get into the details, but you know, those details, I don't have to tell you Dear Lord answer all of his prayers Be with him, guide him, give them the answers that he needs. Fill that armor, dear Lord, every crack so that he has gotten the protection that he needs from you every single day. Dear Lord, allow him to move on to the next place that he needs to be. Father, allow him to be financially comfortable if that's something that he needs, dear Lord. Bring the hard work that he does every single day to fruition to where he is taken care of for all that he has done. Father, I ask that you answer all the other prayers of all the little things that we don't even know about and just be with him as he has lost his son not too long ago, dear Lord, and he's going through so much with that. So, dear Lord, let all of those answers be taken care of. Let them get to the bottom of that, dear Lord, so that they can have closure, which is so important as well. Father, and I ask for this prayer for all of us as well, as well as Conley, allow us to open up, dear Lord, and to reach out to those other people and ask them for those prayers and ask them for the help. Dear Lord, when he is ready, let him be ready to talk to us, dear Lord, so that we can just be an ear, an arm, just someone to hug, a shoulder to cry on, and that's what it needs, dear Lord. Just let him understand, just like we all need to understand, that sometimes 
We need to cry and crying isn't even a sign of weakness. It's just letting things go, letting the air out of the balloon, dear Lord. Bless him in all the major ways. And when this is all over, Father, I ask that you make things better than they ever have been for him. Let him be on top of the world. Let him continue to walk this narrow path and do everything that you intended him to do, to stay on his mission. And I, Father, I know that everything he's going through right now is part of his mission. Like I said before, sometimes when we ask for strength, you give us ways to strengthen ourselves. You don't just grant us strength like a genie. You give us the opportunity to learn strength. Dear Lord, let him become stronger because of this. Let him learn all that you are trying to bring him through because I know nothing that you do goes void. Nothing is in vain. Father, let him walk this path, become stronger, and let him be ready for the times that we're going to need him in this battle, dear Lord. I know that you were just giving him that time to rest, and I thank you for that as well, dear Lord. But Heavenly Father, some people are so deserving. Some people aren't. You care for those people as well. Well, Conley is one of those people, and you know him, Father. You know his heart. You know his soul. So continue to let him do what he does. Let him get back on the microphone and spread that joy and that laughter, bringing information to people, spreading that gospel, and doing what only Conley can do. We love you with all of our heart. In Jesus Christ's name and our Heavenly Father's name, we pray. Amen. 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 It's funny. Um, some time ago, actually, I think I was I was coming back from uh, Yuba City. I was driving home from Yuba City, and uh, I got this word, and that was, "I, I don't ask, I answer." Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of the the man's mantra yeah exactly um, i'm not going to go in there and ask for directions no, <laughs> we're not we don't ask we answer if you have an issue we will jump on it but mm -hmm. we'll never ask yeah so if you see a man suffering mm -hmm. pray for him absolutely yes. um because he's not going to ask no exactly and that's one thing you know it goes back to humility being humble you know what i'm saying like sometimes we just need to let go of the man ego and just be mm -hmm. humble and and cry you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, let go of that emotions because all in all, it's such a healing thing. Sometimes it's like walking around and dancing in the rain. You know what I'm saying? It's just healing. So, yeah. uh, man. Oh, can I say something to, to Conley? Yes. Oh, Texas, my Bia, I miss you so much. And I really want you to know that we are all here for you and um, we're all praying for you. And you got to get back with us and come hang out, say hi. Even if it's just a hi, I would love to hear your voice. We love you and we all miss you. Yeah, definitely. I, I miss him. Yeah, I miss him big time. Well, worried about him. Yeah, exactly. We, we all worry about one another. Um, and yeah, don't worry about him. I know he's going to get through this just fine, but hey, it's a rough little road. prayer helps it happen a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, I want to thank you so much. I know this is kind of last minute because I reached out to you a couple hours ago and, you know, asked if you would come on tonight with me to pray for this, you know, so I, I certainly thank you because I know you went from one place to the other, um, you're literally here driving down the road in this car. So, Jay, we, we love you, brother. Yes. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. Um, once again, guys, if you're not on Vineyard on Signal, get that signal out. Um, we will make sure to get you in contact where you get the invite. You can become part of the prayer family as well. Um, Livin, thank you so much as well. Nice, um, I love you both. I am just very thankful. And like I said, I, I just, uh, prayer goes a long way. We know Conley is a tough man. He's a cowboy. He's a cowboy, but yes, he's a he God loving is. cowboy too. Yeah. Um, God just 
need puts things in your life sometimes for reasons that we don't know, but one day he will and he'll get through this fine. Checkity check, check, yeah. check. Checkity check. Check, check. Um, but once again, uh, Jay Rue Libin, thank you so much for being here this evening. And Absolutely. all of you out there, guys, we love you all very much. All of you who are in the chat, all of you that are going to be listening to this publication later on, we are so blessed that you've accepted us into your family. And we thank you so much that you would take just a moment of your time to come be with us. Guys, remember this. We are here for one another, and the least we can do is pray. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't take much effort. It doesn't take much time. And you know the Lord Almighty is listening. He just wants he wants us to ask. He wants us to need him. So, you know, but we need each other as well. But it's just easier knowing that we're all connected to our Heavenly Father. So I want to thank you all once again for joining us for Kilted Christian, episode 479, Lessons of Christ. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, Maybe Jeff will be here. I don't know. We'll see. Looking forward to it. Exactly. He'll be on for a short time, nonetheless, for the next couple of days, and I'm excited about that. But I love you all very, very much. Have an absolutely beautiful rest of your evening. We will see you tomorrow night for Kilted Christian, episode 480. Have a beautiful night, and I leave you with this. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light What so proudly we held At the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Fight for the rampart we won.